1: Hey, thanks for turning on and tuning in to Labor Relations Radio. So this is our 50th episode of Labor Relations Radio. And if I were to do a year in review and kind of a check on our performance, so to speak, I would say we're at about 75% of what our goals were. The goals in starting Labor Relations Radio were to bring on a variety of guests a number of times a week to talk about a multitude of topics that cover the American workplace. And while we were able to get 50 episodes in the can, so to speak, um, we weren't able to get as many people and from as wide a variety as I had hoped at the beginning of the year. So our goals for 2023 are to do that even more or double down, if you will. So, in any case, one of the guests, and my guest today, who has been on labor relations radio a number of times, is Kim Cavan. Kim Cavan is co founder of Fight for Freelancers USA. And Kim, the reason she has been on a number of our episodes is because she is the most knowledgeable person about the war on the independent contractors out there and across the country. She has been involved in helping to write amicus briefs before the National Labor Relations Board, as well as the U.S. Supreme Court, and as well is um, the type of person who can pull data right and left and just talk about it and make it simple enough that most listeners understand. Now, this is an issue that affects about a third of all U.S. workers or workers in the U.S. um, and those that earn at least part of their income from freelance or gig work. In any case, as probably our last episode of the year, here's Kim Cavan. You
0: are listening to Labor Relations Radio.
1: Well, Kim Cavan, welcome back to Labor Relations Radio. You are my favorite person to update everybody on what's going on for, with the fight for freelancers.
0: You are very sweet. Happy holidays. It's nice to talk to you again.
1: I think this is our 50th, not yours or mine, but our 50th episode of Labor Relations Radio and probably our last for 2022.
0: Congratulations.
1: It's it's a seminal point today.
0: That's great. And you've had a lot of really interesting people on the show too.
1: I try to make it interesting and I'd like to have you on on here because it makes my work less cumbersome. I don't (laughs) don't have to explain it. I can have the experts do it.
0: I'm happy to provide free labor. Yes. There you go.
1: So we're going to do an update on the fight for freelancers, the DOL's attempt to kill the gig economy. Um, I'm kind of oversimplifying that, but so can you, can we get into what we're, what it is that we're talking about and then kind of where things stand?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, So you and I have done a few podcasts about this, so I I won't go too deep in the weeds on what's happened already, but just as a little overview, since about 2019, starting out in California, there have been legislative attempts at the state and federal levels to try to redefine who can legally earn a living as an independent contractor, who who can actually hang out a shingle and say, I'm in business for myself. There's been attempts to try to limit who can do that. These bills are all uh, coming from unions and union-backed organizations um, because it is has been forever illegal to unionize an independent contractor. So they want to reclassify as many people as possible as employees by changing the definition of who's who. And once you're reclassified as an employee – you are eligible for unionization. So that's started in California. They got it through in California where we've talked about this. I know you've had other guests on talking about this. It's just been a total dumpster fire since that law went into effect in January of 2020. They then tried to roll similar things out in other States and in Congress, it didn't work. There was huge backlash because everybody saw what was happening in California. So where we are now is we're having attempts to do through regulatory changes in the executive branch of government what they couldn't get done through legislative attempts in the legislative branch of government. And the U.S. Labor Department is one of those regulatory agencies in the executive branch. With me so far?
1: Yep. So two quick questions. Um, the first is... That the assumption often is this only applies to Uber drivers or rideshare drivers like Lyft Uber, et cetera. But it really encompasses everybody who would be an independent contractor, right? It's
0: anybody who makes money on a 1099 or who pays people on a 1099. If you if you dig through the research, including the super exciting to read IRS data research, um, which is fantastic for insomnia, I have to say. you know, e- e- Even the federal government's own research shows that a very small percentage of America's independent contractors are doing app-based work, which is things like Uber, Lyft, Grubhub, um, DoorDash, any of those kinds of app-based platforms. The IRS found in 2019 only about 8% of America's independent contractors are even doing that kind of work, and most of that 8%, it's not even their primary thing. They're already employees in traditional jobs who are just doing this stuff on the side. Pew Research Center did a study in 2021 that sound very similarly. Um, The majority of Americans who've earned money through these kinds of app-based platforms are either spending less than 10 hours a week doing it or not even doing it most weeks. So the primary people that these attempts to change the independent contractor definition's effect, it's people who are not app-based workers. Even though a lot of the media is focused on app-based workers, the primary people who are going to be affected that we're going to talk about today are not app-based workers. It's people in hundreds and hundreds of professions that we're going to go through a bunch of them.
1: From people like yourself, who's a writer, to musicians, to anybody who's literally an independent contractor.
0: Anybody who gets paid on a 1099 or pays people on a 1099, it can be anybody from somebody brought into an engineering firm to offer their expertise on some kind of a specialized project to somebody who is a veterinarian that specializes in cattle nutrition and goes from feedlot to feedlot around America helping those places out. It can be comedians trying to perform stand up in comedy clubs. It can be wedding planners trying to work with wedding venues. It's 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 hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of professions.
1: So the um the legislative attempt that you're speaking about is the PRO Act that they That was the pass. federal
0: the first right. federal attempt right. um When President Biden was, before he was elected, he ran one of his campaign platform pledges was that he was going to make this restrictive anti-independent contractor language out of California. He was going to work with Congress to make it the basis for all labor, employment, and tax law. That was his pledge. It's on his campaign website to this day. Uh, The PRO Act was step one in that plan, labor law, applying this language to labor law. They couldn't get that through. So when President Biden was sworn in, we started to see executive branch moves through different departments in the regular in in the regulatory area to try to make those changes that they couldn't get done through Congress. So so for our purposes with what's going on right now. The U.S. Labor Department. He obviously came in, like most presidents do, and just started restaffing it. And in, in into that department's leadership, all of a sudden, you had all these people who had been pushing for things like the PRO Act and the California legislation. All these folks ended up in in leadership at the Labor Department, and they immediately tried to withdraw the existing independent contractor rule that had been put in place during the Trump administration. Uh, During the Trump administration, the labor secretary at the time had written a whole thing and said, look, we're putting this rule in place specifically so that what happened in California doesn't go nationwide. We don't want this craziness to spread. And the Biden administration came in and said, yeah, no, we're undoing everything that guy did. And we're going to remake this rule. Uh, And then they got themselves into trouble. Um, They got sued for trying to change what the Trump administration had put in place and it was just all this happened in the past year in March of 2022 a federal court came in and said the US labor department broke the law with with the way that it tried to get rid of the the rule that the Trump administration had put in place so then in June of 2022 the US labor department came out and said okay well we're just going to we're just going to write a new rule we're going to make a whole new rule we're going to start over um they had some public hearings on Zoom at the end of June of this year, where there was just overwhelming opposition, just like we've seen in every state where there's been a hearing available, where the public could come and speak out, and anywhere there's ever been public opportunity to speak out, it's always overwhelmingly people saying, please stop what you're doing, please leave us alone. (laughs) And so we saw that this summer. Um, And then in October, just a couple months ago, the U.S. Labor Department said, okay, we've heard everything you had to say. Here's our new rule that we're planning to to make for independent contractors.
1: So, let me pause you there for a second, then we'll come right to that point. So, the California law, which is AB5 that everybody's heard about, instituted what's called an ABC test, which is a three-part test. The DOL basically came out in October with not a three-part test, not the, quote, ABC test. They came out with a six-part test, right?
0: Right. But they actually came out and said, we like the ABC test. We think the ABC test from California is terrific. But we don't think we have the authority to just impose it unless there's a ruling at the United States Supreme Court or there's an act of Congress. We don't think we can go that far just as a regulatory agency. So instead, we're going to get as close as we can get without doing the ABC test is basically what's going on. And anybody who has listened to any of your previous podcasts about California's AB5 and that ABC test, they know the worst part for most people is Part B. Part B says you can't be in the same line of business as the client that's giving you money. So Anybody who's working in an area of expertise automatically gets wiped out of business as an independent contractor. What the labor department did is come in and say, well, we're going to use this six-factor test, and in factor five, they used language that says you can't be an independent contractor if what you're doing is integral to the business that is paying you. So it's a it's a different wording of the same principle. They're trying to get as close as they can to the ABC test without actually imposing ABC because they know they'll lose in court if they just flat out try to impose the ABC test.
1: So they put this out in October. Um, They had a public comment period, which I believe was 45 days originally, and then they extended it and that was that kind of gets us up to speed. They, the comment period just closed on December thirteenth, about a week ago, right?
0: That's right. And if you look at these public comments, you can see a lot of things. Um, you can see who's for it, obviously, who's against it. You can also see key law firms laying out arguments that we know are going to show up in court as soon as as this rule tries to get implemented next year. You you can see the future setting up. In these uh, fifty-five thousand public comments that were filed, which I I will admit fully, I have not read every single one of them, but we have We've been, read a lot of them. Though we have read a lot of them, we have been watching every day since the public comment period started and trying to go through. and There's a lot of duplicates, um, which isn't necessarily mean fake. Duplicates are somebody like the National Court Reporters Association will send out a thing to its members and say, hey. This threatens our ability to keep functioning as court reporters who are independent contractors. You need to send a public comment. Here's a template you can use. Put your name on top and send it in. So people do that, and and from other organizations too. So you get some duplicates. We we went through, we started to notice a really funky one showing up in support of changing the rule, and it was funky in that it included people's names street addresses, city, state, zip code, and email address, which it's not supposed to. All of that personal information is not supposed to be visible in these public Mm. comments, but these had them in there. And some of them flat out said um, that, like, the city of residence was test city in test Uh, state and things like, like, it was very clearly from a bot. Uh, And we did a search at the end of the public comment process for how many of those specific ones that were just very clearly faked Um, where you could search for the people online and tell that they didn't really exist or their email address had been different from their name on something else. Like it was just clearly being done by a bot. We found almost 20,000 of those out of the 55,000 public comments that were filed. So there's clearly efforts being made to sway this public comment process. But as with a lot of these things, um, what you get towards the end of the process is the serious people, the quote unquote serious people and organizations and law firms and those kind of groups filing their comments. And so that's what I think we should maybe focus on. You know, when, when we looked through what seemed to be real comments, there was a little bit of back and forth among app based workers. Some of them saying I'm being taken advantage of, please help me. And some of them saying, leave me alone. I want to stay an independent contractor but the vast majority of comments that appeared to be from real people in all different kinds of professions were hey man this is wrong it's exactly what we saw in all the public hearings going back several years now it was just stop what you're doing this is this is bad policy making this is wrong stop just stop
1: do we do we think that those comments are going to weigh any have any weight to them with the DOL
0: no we think that those public comments will become fodder for lawsuits after the DOL does what it pleases and wants to do.
1: Right. Um, I should, I should have mentioned this when you're saying we, uh, we should probably talk about who we are. (laughs) (laughs) True. Should have done Um, this a few minutes ago.
0: That's okay. Uh, My name is Kim Cavan. I am One of the, I'm a freelance writer and editor. I I have been for several decades now. I live in New Jersey, and when this type of legislation came to my state, some friends and I founded a group called Fight for Freelancers, and we are just trying to stop this so we can keep our careers. That's all we're doing. We're nonprofit. We're not. We're not nonprofit. We're nonpartisan. We're grassroots. We're We're just people, just a bunch of people who came together and said, hey, what you're doing is wrong here. And we happen to know how to build websites and send out press releases and things like that. So that's what we're doing. Sorry
1: about that. We should have done that at the very beginning. I usually do an intro anyway. That's okay. So where are we now?
0: So where we are now is you can go to the government's regulations.gov website and read through all these public comments, which if you, if you listeners would like to do that, there's 55,000 of them have at it, you know, knock yourself out over the holidays when you're trying to avoid your relatives, I guess. But let me just give you an example. This is not an exhaustive list, but just some of the professions that came out and filed comments saying this is wrong. Stop what you're doing. Labor department, this is wrong. Court reporters. Financial advisors, insurance agents, the food industry, which is using independent contractors for everything from grocery stores to distribution centers to local vendors that help keep the food supply chain running. Electrical contractors, truckers, logistics delivery people and movers, which is basically people moving stuff but not in the trucking industry. Franchise owners. Nurse and anesthesiologists who noted things like in rural areas, these independent nurses go from hospital to hospital helping with anesthesia. That's how you get anesthesia in a rural hospital with an independent contractor. Translators, interpreters, real estate agents. Propane gas providers, which specified that they turn to independent contractors when they have to ramp up delivery capabilities, like say if there's a giant hurricane or tornado or something or supply chain problems where they need to bring in extra help. The National Restaurant Association said nine in ten restaurants are small businesses and having to comply with this. If everybody all of a sudden has to be made an employee, it's cost prohibitive for 9 in 10 restaurants in this country. Pork producers came out and said, we use independent contractors for things like manure logistics and farm sanitation. There were various cattle associations that said people like the veterinarians and nutritionists who specialize in cattle are independent contractors who would be affected by this. You had engineering companies submit public comments saying, when we need certain kinds of expertise in certain projects that we're designing and building, we turn to independent contractors. There's apparently something called the Wood Floor Covering Association, which says 91% of flooring retailers use independent contractors to help and store floors all around this country. Right. The America Outdoors Association, which is people like hunting and fishing guides, came out against this. The Independent Bakers Association. You you want donuts? You want, you want cannolis? Apparently these guys are affected. There is a National Alliance of Forest Owners, which said independent contractors do everything from logging and hauling to boundary line maintenance and fertilizer applications. There was a group that came out and said... Um, this would affect billiards and dart tournament leagues nationwide because the people who run those leagues are independent contractors. The Society for Human Resources Management wrote that um, (laughs) the department needed to make sure reality supersedes theory. They actually wrote the words, (laughs) we need Mm. reality to supersede theory because none of this makes any sense.
1: Which is interesting because SHRM is... is Predominantly nonpartisan, So attacking it, that way is interesting.
0: It just goes on and on. The direct selling association, which we're talking about people who sell stuff outside of traditional retail establishments, they said there's about 7.3 million of those people in America. And of that 7.3 million, 6.8 million are in the crosshairs because they only do this kind of work once in a while, part-time as independent contractors, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. American Hotel and Lodging Association came out and said independent contractors do all kinds of things like independent uh, interior design, marketing, things like that, that those companies need, but they don't need it on a full-time basis. You had the National Stone, Sand, and Gravel Association, which came out and said they sometimes bring in independent contractors to haul construction materials, to building projects. When they, you know, you need an extra truck, the guy's got a truck. That's what it is. There's something called the National Demolition Association. That's a T-shirt that I want, National (laughs) Demolition Association. They came out against this. You had advertising agencies saying, we use independent contractors for graphic design, video production, video editing, copywriting, copy editing, web design, fashion work, people like models, hairstylists, makeup artists, photographers, all these different experts you'd bring in on different projects, depending on what kind of an ad you're trying to make. You had groups that we've seen fight it in the state level, too, like um, the American Society of Journalists and Authors coming out and saying, hey, most of the writers in this country are freelancers, and this this is how are they supposed to ever sell an article to a publication? the big one that came in that everybody was a little bit buzzing about was the us small business administration's office of advocacy came out and said this this has to be changed we're we're hearing nothing but problems about this
1: let um, me pause you there the sba's so isn't the sba part of the government
0: it is and the office of advocacy held a it was supposed to be a closed meeting Right around, right after the USDOL's own public hearings ended, the U.S. Office of Small Advocacy sent around a notice saying, we're going to hold a meeting on Zoom about this, too. And it was no different than what we've seen. I was in that meeting. There's, It was no different from what we've seen in the public hearings. It was just person after person from profession after profession saying, you have to make this craziness stop. This is not OK. Um, so based on that and on written comments they had received, they came out. Against what the USDOL is trying to do now, which is obviously good for people like me who are opposed to what the USDOL is trying to do now. Um, there was there was very few in the public comments we went through, and I've, I've I've opened up thousands of them. Very few individuals saying yes, we like this idea. The public comments you find in favor of this idea were some of those. Clearly, fake spammy ones that we talked about earlier. And you get groups that we've seen advocating for this kind of legislation, like the AFL CIO and the um, Rideshare Drivers United uh, organizing effort, various other unions put forward public comments. They're saying the same kind of thing they said during all the legislative attempts. They're talking about, uh, like the AFL CIO's public comments said, the dangers of misclassification. Uh, have to be dealt with. Uh, um we we can't have people being misclassified as independent contractors. Interestingly, I thought groups like the AFL CIO and Rideshare Drivers United, they were encouraging the Labor Department to augment parts of this newly proposed rule specifically to address workers engaged by digital platform companies. Or workers subjected to algorithmic management techniques. That seemed to be key language to them, which, you know, clearly they're talking about the Ubers and Lyfts of the world where they want to see more of a specific focus on the app based workers. Um, but with that kind of language, you can see they're 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 clearly trying to get to a position where they'll be ready for battle in the courts. Um, Like, for instance, uh, one of them asked the U.S. Labor Department to state outright in its final rule that um, things like where USDOL is proposing that you have to show managerial skill in order to be considered an independent contractor— they want the USDOL to come out and specifically say, well, app based workers don't have an opportunity to exercise managerial skill. Therefore, they can't be independent contractors. Um, mm-hmm. They can't. Rideshare Drivers United says USDOL should clearly state things that have, like having a flexible schedule, doesn't have anything to do with whether you're an independent contractor. Um, it, it, you can just very clearly see these folks trying to push the labor department to really, really, really overstate the language in ways that will, without question, make every app-based worker an employee. That seems to be their goal uh, in a lot of what they wrote in their public comments.
1: But again, that's the minority of actual independent contractors out there too, right?
0: Correct. According to all the independent studies, these people don't speak for the vast majority of anybody except for union bosses. That's who they speak for. But they're the ones who are getting in the room and helping the Biden administration write the rules. So we have to pay attention to what they're saying because this is how it's going to go down. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, so what is? do you have any sense of timeline in terms of when the DOL is going to actually issue what the new rules are?
0: Yeah. So everyone is saying, like all the lawyers and lobbyists, everyone is saying probably spring or summer. It will come out of 2023, at which point there will be lawsuits that drop immediately against the Labor Department, just like there were when it tried to do this last time. Um, Two of the – well, a number of the comments, like the the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, uh, various groups like that, all filed public comments where you can see them setting up for those legal arguments – I I took a look at uh, two of them that were two of the public comments that were filed by law firms. One was the Pacific Legal Foundation, which was involved with lawsuits against California over over this stuff. They um, (laughs) they're very colorful writers at that place. I have to say they said what the Labor Department's doing is haphazardly amalgamating 70 years of case law into a disjointed mess. That was a nice line. (laughs) I thought. Um, They say this undermines the rule of law because it destroys any kind of predictability or certainty that businesses could ever have. Um, This is going to misclassify independent contractors as employees. They're basically arguing in their public comment that um, businesses have a right to know how to comply with a rule. And the way this rule is being written, it's impossible to know how to comply. They call it things like ambiguous and unclear They said this is a vague dictatorial approach that simply tells workers and hiring entities they're at the department's mercy, um, and the department can always find an employment relationship if they wish. Um, Clearly, they're setting up to say it's impossible to pass the test. Therefore, it can't be the test. It's, it's, It's pretty clear in their public comment where they're going next. The other big law firm comment I took a look at was Littler Mendelssohn. This is the law firm that handled the case that won against USDOL last time. So um, their main client on that case was in one of the public hearings over the summer and came right out and said, if you keep going with this, we're going to sue you again. So I wanted to take a look at mm-hmm. this law firm's public comment, too, Um they come flat out and say this proposal greatly exceeds the department's authority. It violates procedural safeguards. It would have a significant and immediate negative impact on the American economy. They specifically say that it does not comply with the administrative procedure act, which was the basis of the lawsuit last time.
1: That's what I recall. There's um, Yeah, and I think it got blocked and ultimately withdrawn, but it was blocked down with a Texas court, I believe.
0: Right. It was a federal court in Texas that said the U.S. Labor Department had failed to comply with the Administrative Procedure Act. So here you have that same law firm with that same client from that same lawsuit coming out and saying you're doing it again. And like it it actually lays out here um, in their public comment, in the littler public comment, they say... The Administrative Procedure Act says that when a rulemaking agency acts unlawfully, what's usually happening is things like it's acting in an arbitrary, capricious manner. That's in the public comment. That's language that was in the last lawsuit. You can expect that's going to be language in the next lawsuit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Things like excess of statutory jurisdiction authority, which is basically overreaching in rulemaking, doing things that you don't have the right to do uh, because Congress hasn't given you the power to do it, um, which clearly again could be setting up for another lawsuit. Um, and, and they go through all of this, the, the little or public comment is quite long. Lawyers wrote it. So it's quite long and it systematically breaks down how they believe the department of labor is violating this administrative procedure act again and um, And I I fully expect that to show up in in law. Everything that I've seen throughout this public hearing and public comment process tells me all this stuff's going to show up in court in the next six months or so, as soon as the U.S. Labor Department. What's supposed to happen next is the Labor Department goes through all these public comments. They're supposed to make adjustments to address the public comments. Nobody actually expects that to happen. Then they try to put the new rule in place Spring or summer, at that point, lawyers will come in and file lawsuits and say, not so fast. And at that point, you're talking about probably at least a year, maybe longer, of court battles, which could take us up to the next presidential election. Right.
1: I was just which thinking is, that. Which
0: is significant because at, if the Republicans win the White House next time, you'll have somebody come in and restaff the whole Labor Department and just undo this whole mess. And we'll be starting all over again. Um so those lawsuits will go on for a while. In the meantime, what we're going to see, there was just a webinar last week with some of the leading lobbyists and lawyers in Washington talking about this. They're fully anticipating with, with the Republicans taking over the U.S. House of Representatives next year that we are going to see this end up in hearings. Um, you you can already see Republican leadership in the House Labor Committee Talking about this stuff in social media, they've actually been tweeting our hashtag fight for freelancers. I mean, that's a pretty clear. That. That's yeah. a pretty clear indication that they're going to come after this. The uh the lobbyists on this webinar last week said they expect multiple hearings in the first half of next year on this independent contractor issue, which tells me it's about to politically ramp up in ways we haven't seen before which I have to say it's both good and bad. It's a double-edged sword. You know, we don't, at Fight for Freelancers, we do not believe the choice of self-employment is a partisan issue. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. Our group is Republicans, Democrats, progressives, conservatives, independents. We have all kinds of people who just want to be their own bosses. Um, but this is unfortunately setting up to be yet another partisan political Problem. So sure, that's right. that's a sad reality. But at the same time, congressional hearings would be good to shine a light on this because so far, unless you live in California or the handful of other states like where I live in New Jersey, where this has been a very real threat and they actually tried to put it through, a lot of people haven't even heard of it. You've talked about this on right. some of your podcasts, right. when the PRO Act, and people are like, what's that? I never heard of it. I don't know what that is. So maybe this will get people to pay a little bit closer attention. Um, if it shows up on the news once in a while, that would be helpful. And I just kind of hope it doesn't it just become so partisan that people won't listen to the underlying problem, which a lot of us from many, many diverse backgrounds have been trying to solve for a few years now.
1: Well, that's that's kind of why every time we do one of these, yeah. I have you go through the the foundation of this, you know, because so many people still don't get it. And no, you know, unless you're paying attention to the news cycle in employment law or labor law, you're not really going to get it. And
0: nobody is paying attention to this. <laughs> right, right. I mean, on this podcast, everybody does, but nobody is. And, and I mean, it affects so many people. There just was this yet another study came out. Um, Upwork came out just right at, about a week ago talking about how we're now at 39% of the U.S. workforce did at least some freelance work in the past year. That's 60 million Americans that this affects. Um, they found that freelancers contributed about $1.35 trillion in annual earnings to the U.S. economy. This is a huge thing that, that this all affects. It's but, enormous. But they're
1: not paying their taxes is the argument, right? Right.
0: I'm happy to show you the checks that my account makes me, right?
1: <laughs> well, I, and I, I don't quite understand that argument because if they're truly 1099, they're getting 1099 forms or, or you know tax statements that they have to file with the government.
0: That's correct. Every year I get a pile of 1099s that say, here's how much money you made from each individual client and my accountant has to get all of that and then I have to pay taxes on every single dime.
1: Right. So the other, I guess, counter argument is there is misclassification out there. And I I know on Twitter, you took some backlash from a group of, or actually it might have been just a single person, but a, a trucker who's a female trucker. And there's, so there is this, you know, misclassification of some workers out there, but that's not, it doesn't sound like that's the vast majority of
0: no. And we don't disagree with that statement.
1: It,
0: you know, you want to tell me there are bad actor companies that are going to try to skirt the rules to save money? Well, okay, why don't you tell me the sky is blue and water is wet? I, of course there are. You know, there's there's always been bad actor companies that are going to try to take every advantage and cut corners and do things wrong. It It's happened throughout history in every industry that exists. But study after study after study, including multiple studies by the federal government, always show the same thing. 70 to 85% of independent contractors say we're fine. We're happy. We choose this. Leave us alone. We're cool. So the notion that we should be drastically and severely limiting the choice of self-employment when seventy to eighty-five percent of those in that position say we're fine, that just doesn't make any sense. Logically, makes absolutely no sense. All these studies coming out saying the majority of freelancers are happier. They make as much or more money than they would make in a traditional job. They're healthier, especially for women who are dealing with things like sexual harassment and glass ceilings in traditional workplaces. All these studies show physically, mentally healthier women are and the the argument that well we have to do it for the app based workers we have to help the uber drivers well even that's not holding up when you dig down and see we're talking about teeny tiny percentages of people who are actually in trouble so is there misclassification yes can it be prosecuted under existing law yes the us labor department is screaming from the rooftops with press release after press release about but how doing it's doing it already it's doing it now so yeah. Clearly the intent here, as we wrote in the Fight for Freelancers public comment, this is an attempt to misclassify legitimate independent contractors as employees. That's what we feel this is. There, There is no reason to do such a sweeping, wide-ranging rewrite of the rules of, of who can hang out a shingle and be their own boss. There's just no logical reason to do this other than you want to misclassify legitimate independent contractors so you can try to unionize them. That's the only logical answer.
1: You know, you mentioned uh, it might have been on our last podcast. The um, writer, professor, whatever he was, David Weil, yeah, and the book "Fractured," "Fissured" workforce, right? yep. And I, I kind of put that off to the side as I, I was listening and and understand the argument that they really want the nineteen thirties, forties, fifties type workplace, and then I'm starting to see it. You know, we just bailed out the pensions, uh, the Teamsters Pension Fund and a whole bunch of others. And like that business model or the pension model, retirement model, that's from the 1950s. And there's nothing going forward to address it other than we want to go back to the way things were. It it's, all this kind of ties in 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 a kind of tangential kind of way, I guess. But it's, they're not thinking of, unionization in the future insofar as they're thinking of unionization as it was?
0: Well, if you think from their perspective, having a lot more union members would sure help shore up those pensions, right? Like you'd have more people contributing into that system.
1: Well, the companies, right. The problem is the companies won't do it. And that's part of the problem with why we're bailing them out. There's fewer and fewer union companies contributing to the pension funds. Right. And
0: so at the end of the day, it all boils down to they need more union members to make their union system work. Right. And a lot of 60 million Americans at this point are saying, yeah, no, I think I'm cool on my own here. I'm doing just fine as as an independent contractor. So this this is a problem for them, obviously.
1: Yeah. The other the other stat that is bandied about quite a bit is the um, I think it was the Pew study that came out on Labor Day. No, Gallup study. Sorry that 72% of all Americans favor unions. But then when you dig into the stats in that in that survey, 58% of the non-union workers want nothing to do with it.
0: I call so, it the vanilla ice cream study right. um, where you had most Americans saying, I'm totally cool with vanilla ice cream existing. I think vanilla ice cream should absolutely be in the freezer case at the supermarket. People should be able to go and buy it. It should be there. It has a right to exist. But me personally, I don't really want vanilla ice cream. I'm gonna go buy the rocky road or the pistachio or the Bing cherry, whatever. Right. Like that's what that study said to me was. Yeah, and and this is what a lot of our members at Fight for Freelancers say. We have absolutely no problem with unions existing. You you're you know you're an employee in a meat packing plant or whatever. You want to go form a union because you got problems on the job good for you. You have the right to do that. You can do that today. Good, good job. Ha- knock yourself out. But you shouldn't have the right, the law shouldn't say unless you can be unionized, you're not allowed to earn a dime. That's a totally different thing. And that's where they seem to be trying to get to with this stuff.
1: With all this stuff going on, um, and not necessarily specifically with you, but have some of the members or yourself seen a chilling effect on The amount of work that you have coming in, like have your clients or their clients like kind of moved away from using freelancers?
0: We have had numerous members outright lose income. They've lost clients over this where the clients have come in and said either, oh, you live in California or, oh, you, you live in New Jersey. We don't, we don't want to touch independent contractors in that state anymore or, one member describes it as she became radioactive out in California where clients she'd had for years just suddenly wouldn't go anywhere near her. Um, We've also had members. uh, I was just talking about this this morning with, with somebody um, who they're being handed incredibly onerous contracts that say things like you hereby agree to indemnify the corporation that's trying to hire you to like write a thousand dollar article. You hereby agree to indemnify that that publishing company if they get hit with any mass misclassification lawsuits from any state or federal agency, which is an absolutely ridiculous thing to try to get a freelancer to sign. Right. But that's what these companies are starting to do. They're, they're starting to say, um, well, OK, we'll still hire you as a freelancer, but only if you agree to, to fight these legislative and regulatory people who are going to impose these tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars of fines. So that's not okay. None of that is okay. Um, we're starting to also see third-party companies show up, and, like, they're going to various people that hire independent contractors and saying, look, we'll handle that indemnity issue, we'll protect you, and and you hire us, and we'll vet all your independent contractors and make sure everybody complies with anything. And then that same middleman then goes to the freelancers and tries to get them to sign away their rights to all kinds of stuff that no freelancer in their right mind would ever sign away their rights to. And so you've got all this squirrely nonsense happening as a chilling effect, just as you described it, where, you know, business leaders are not morons. They They can tell which way that the train is headed on this thing right now with the... The makeup of our government as it as it currently stands. This is not going to stop for, for at least the foreseeable future in the executive branch in particular. It's going to stop in Congress right now for a little while, but it still is going to continue in some of the states where they tried to do it before. And it's still going to continue in the Biden administration because they believe wholeheartedly that the right thing to do is make more people unionized employees. So companies can see that happening. If I'm a business owner, of course I want to shield myself from any kind of penalties, financial or otherwise, that I might be subjected to for quote-unquote misclassifying people I've worked with for 20 years and never had a problem with before. Now all of a sudden it's called misclassification and I'm subject to a fine. So of course they're going to try to shift that burden. Onto somebody else, whether it's some third party company that comes in and says, We'll protect you, we'll vet everybody, you pay us a fee and we'll be your your shield, or whether they just straight up go to the independent contractors and say, Here, you want to keep doing business together, sign something that says it's on you if we have anything wrong. And it's never on us. Of course they're gonna do that. That's just business. That's just the way business works. It doesn't make it okay, doesn't make it good. But I don't it's even happening. know if it makes it
1: lawful. Like it, I don't it, know that it, they can actually do that.
0: It's happening because of this chilling effect where this attack on the choice of self-employment needs to stop. What really has to happen, and there is legislation that has been put forward. Uh, I don't see it moving as long as the Democrats control the Senate, but it has been put forward that basically would make law that you're allowed to be an independent contractor in this country. That's really what's going to have to happen to stop a lot of this stuff. Um, Until then, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of court action in the next year is probably court action and congressional hearings in the U S house of representatives, I think is the future and maybe some battles in some of the states where the Democrats still control everything. And they tried last time to get this stuff through. I think you might see
1: that. Yeah. Let me ask you what's going on in New Jersey. I've, I seem to recall they tried to do or are trying to do the ABC tests under Murphy. Is that right? So
0: New Jersey, we have, I live in New Jersey, and we have an ABC test. It's just not the same version. It's okay. just not the same version as California. They tried to put that version through in late 2019 and early 2020. And that was when we created Fight for Freelancers and wrote a bunch of op-eds and got on TV and the radio and made a big mess of it for them, and it stopped. So that was good. Um, Since then, what's been happening is we've seen individual industry bills are are showing up in our state house where, like, um, we had one where the golf owners, the golf course owners, they wrote a whole bill just to say... Any caddies who work at golf courses are hereby independent contractors, no matter what, (laughs) like that they're get out of jail free kind of bills for individual industries. And that's what we've been seeing pop up here in New Jersey, where they're trying to, you've got all these different industries trying to get their little get out of jail free card in place ahead of the potential for a California ABC test being imposed.
1: And California went about it in reverse they passed the bill and then had to go back and exempt a bunch of industries
0: yeah they had to pass the the law became effective in california january 1st of 2020 I believe it was September of 2020. It was that fall of 2020 where an emergency measure was put in place. The legislature had to go back and pass an emergency men- measure. It ultimately exempted more than 100 professions, and they're still fighting about it out there, various professions. You, you saw the truckers out there, right. what, about a month, two months ago, something like that, screaming about it. Um, so they're still fighting about it out there. So, yeah, what, what's happening in New Jersey is is the same thing but in reverse is what's going on.
1: And then Illinois, are they doing something? You seem to recall something that from that on your Facebook page.
0: Well, back in, back in 2019 and 2020, when this was rolling out in the States, California went first. New Jersey was supposed to go second. After that was supposed to be New York and Illinois. They were making noise in New York and Illinois, and they stopped when they saw the disarray in California and the widespread outcry in New Jersey they pulled back and didn't then didn't move the bills forward in in New York they I don't I think they maybe didn't even introduce the bill in Illinois after they had talked about it in the press um what we're seeing now is um states like Minnesota where in the most recent election democrats just took control of everything some of those lawmakers are supposed are starting to make noise about this issue and how they have to move it forward in that state so we we uh we fully expect Minnesota to potentially be in play for 2023. Um, Pennsylvania, there's been some noise, but they don't seem to have the votes at the state level right now to do it. Um, again, this is just kind of stuff we keep track of at the Fight for Freelancers USA Facebook page. If anybody wants to come by, it, we have members all over the country, and when they see something pop up in their local newspapers, we alert everybody so they can you know, get into gear and call their lawmakers.
1: Right. So do you see any other actions coming down? Like you you mentioned the Republican lawmakers in Congress holding hearings and stuff. And to me, that's just noise because they don't have the Senate. So there's nothing they can do there. And even if they did have the Senate, Biden wouldn't wouldn't sign anything into law.
0: I agree with all that. Um, they can shine a light. That you know, it is Congress's job to do oversight of regulatory agencies. It will be nice to see some in this area. I'm I'm I think that will be good. The other regulatory agency where we're all expecting action any minute now is the National Labor Relations Board. They
1: That's the Atlanta Opera case.
0: Yeah, about a year ago. It might be actually almost exactly a year ago that they came out and solicited amicus briefs. Uh, because they were talking about reopening that Atlantic Opera case. It's basically just another case about how are we going to define who is an independent contractor. And they got in all those amicus briefs. It was all the same people we just talked about, arguing all the same points we just talked about. Um, and then nothing has happened since then. So everyone's kind of waiting. The The U.S. Labor Department moved ahead in the horse race of who's going to try to get it done first. So everyone's focus has been there for a little while now.
1: Right. Interesting. But that
0: NLRB thing could come down at any minute too.
1: Yeah, they um, they issued four decisions in the last five days, not about freelancers, just you know, generally on you know property rights, on um, carving up bargaining units, things like that. So they're they're coming down with a full plate, so to speak, and passing out the decisions.
0: Yeah, so keep an eye out for that, too. Um, And basically, I think there's just going to be a lot of yelling, and, and my hope is a little bit more of it ends up on TV and in mainstream media so people will understand what's happening. Because the more people who understand what's happening, the louder the opposition grows. Very... I have yet to see any exposure of this issue lead to support for what these people are trying to do. It always leads to more and more widespread opposition. (laughs) So the more they want to keep cranking up the volume. Okay. You know, I I don't like the partisan nature of how this is going at this point, but let's crank up the volume and see if that'll be enough to finally bring it to an end.
1: Well, that's, that's one of the reasons um, other than you just being a good guest, that I like to have you on here because I—it's one of those things that you just have to keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it until people get it.
0: Yeah, but it, it—it sounds crazy. It, we're aware it's—it is crazy that that the government can come in and say you're you're going about your day as an independent whatever you're a landscape architect and you own your own little landscape architecture business. And once in a while, some landscape architecture company, you're friends with the owner, he needs a little extra help on something. So you go in at a fee and do a project for him. It sounds crazy that the government could come in and say that's illegal. You sound like a lunatic when you say it out loud, but that's exactly what these regulatory languages say. They say you can't take money from somebody in the same line of business. You can't be an independent contractor if what you're doing is integral to that other business, that that's exactly what this language does. And, and the more that people start to understand that, the more people are going to start yelling and screaming about it.
1: Well, and I think you said this in the Atlanta opera or when you folks submitted the Atlanta opera amicus brief, that this really goes back to before the founding of the country. And, you know, the freelance model, so to speak, has been around since I think you, I'm just pulling this out of my, Career, but like the 1730s
0: it, it, the, the actual word freelance it comes from guys on horses with swords with lances lance a lot <laughs> like there you go they were they were they were basically mercenaries they were they were free lancers who were free to to fight for whichever side they wanted to fight for instead of being subjects of some particular crown that was fighting with some other crown about whatever they were fighting about um That's where the actual word freelancers comes from. And in the United States of America, it has been legal to be a freelancer since 1776, since the day this nation was founded. And both historically speaking and in recent history, legislation and the courts have erred on the side of protecting that choice. You have a right to hang out a shingle and be your own boss in this country. You can be whatever you want to be in the United States of America. All of this effort stands in opposition to that. That's how we see it. That's our position, which is we choose this. We're happy to choose this. We are the majority. The majority is choosing this. The majority of people doing this are choosing it and are happy and are fine. Leave us alone. That's our position.
1: Not to put words in your mouth. So this is coming from me, but it's almost anti-American.
0: If I use that term, I get called a right-wing MAGA conspiracy, I know. whatever. That's yeah. why
1: I made sure to say it's not coming from you.
0: <laughs> but as a matter of fact, as a point of fact, a basic point of fact, the two groups that have come out in favor of this very strongly are the Democratic Socialists of America and the Communist Party USA. They're very yeah. big fans of this all over social media. So I think that's easy to say is just a a fact. That's just true.
1: Right. Well, on that note, we should probably wrap this up because I don't want to wear out my welcome with you and I want to keep having you on.
0: (laughs) I'm very grateful for the opportunity. And if this does become a political football next year, I sure hope the listeners will all be calling their lawmakers and saying, protect the independent contractors. That's, that's our suggestion. And if you want to find us, We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We have a website. We're fight for freelancers USA and everybody's welcome. We don't care. Hashtag
1: fight for freelancers as well.
0: Hashtag fight for freelancers. It doesn't matter your political affiliation. It doesn't matter your profession. Uh, The rules of our group is if you start being a political bashing jerk, we throw you out. So everybody's pretty well behaved and we're all very focused on the goal of protecting the right to choose self-employment.
1: Right. Well, on that note, Have a wonderful holiday season. You too. Happy holidays. Thanks for coming on again. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: You are listening to Labor Relations Radio.
1: So that was Kim Cavan with FightForFreelancersUSA.com. And as always, she is a wonderful guest to have on because she knows her business, so to speak. In any case, that wraps up our 50th episode of Labor Relations Radio. I'm your host, Peter List. And if you want to leave a comment or uh, reach out, you can reach out on Twitter at Workplace Report. That's at WorkplaceRBT. Leave a comment under the audio portion of this episode or give us a call at 1-888-668-6466. And if we don't have another episode before the end of the year, have a great holiday season and a happy new year. Thanks for listening
0: you have been listening to labor relations radio
1: Hey, Labor Relations Radio listeners, this is just a quick reminder. If you enjoyed Labor Relations Radio, make sure you share these episodes with your colleagues and make sure you and your colleagues visit laborunionnews.com and subscribe to our News Digest.